How you doing? In episode 19, I continue to explore masculine and feminine behavior as it relates to the individual by bringing on Andrew from Heavyweights Light Feels. He's a competitive powerlifter, creating a community for weightlifting, nutrition, and emotional development. And you can check it out at heavyweightslightfeels.com. This episode was one of my favorites. We got to speak of being forced to grow up very young, how repression relates to our society, and the pursuit of purpose. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and share it on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you guys listen. Huge thanks to Heuristics for the music, and go check them out on SoundCloud. Everybody, this is Andrew. Yes. And you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Um, yes, I am a competitive, but not saying good, power lifter. Um, I also do amateur bodybuilding. Um, I like blending the two for the, if you are fans, the power building approach. Um, I work a boring desk job and I hate that I hate. And uh, the reason I'm here on this podcast is I'm starting a brand. Uh, called Heavy Weights, Light Feels. Ooh. It's essentially using powerlifting and philosophy as a platform to open the dialogue around the what I believe is the toxic masculine culture affecting Tox- America today. Toxic masculine culture? Like fuckboys. Like, uh, yeah. if you've heard that term, like, everywhere you look, it just seems like there's fuckboys. And I'll be honest, there's fuck girls too. Like, yeah. it's not just a one-way street at all. Like a superficial approach to uh, the discipline or? Um, so overall, I think just in general, uh-huh. the idea of what the alpha male is in America, superficial money, bitches, hoes, which, hey, those are all cool things, but like mm-hmm. in balance. I see. Um, and so I think there's a lot of dudes who are too much yang, yeah. if you're familiar with the yin and the yang. And so going back to like the philosophy component, Mm-hmm. Uh, this website that we want to get off the ground is going to incorporate uh, philosophical ideals, ideals like that to kind of teach us how to have more balance. Hmm. Us being men, um, but also, too, we want women to come to the website. We want their contributions. Um, we just overall kind of want to start a, a social dialogue around the gender uh, debate that seems to be going on. You know, what is masculine? What is feminine? He, she, etc. Um, I really like the idea of the yin and the yang um, and applying that to life in general. Um, I was listening to the, to the podcast you did with Paige. Yeah. Uh, that's actually how I ended up on your podcast. Um, sorry, guys. This is only my second podcast. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I know. You're good, man. Um, you know, and there, you guys were talking about the sugar, kind yeah. of how that's the addiction and the escapist behavior. Uh, especially in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, also, I know you do like the mixed martial arts. Yeah. You know, we all have those friends that we feel like are like a little devoted and you kind of wonder like if they're trying to avoid something. Mm-hmm. And um, we all kind of in a way use these outlets to escape a little bit. Yeah, it's a coping mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. And we want to kind of open up the dialogue to start talking about what the fuck we're trying to cope from. Yeah, exactly. And with. So that's kind of uh, the premise of everything. See, I, I like that too. It's interesting to me because I see it as technology expands. It's almost as if we're slowly moving towards crowdsourcing our uh, behavior or crowdsourcing individualism. Because when you go online, you're impressioned, uh, whether or not for better or for worse, um, by almost consensus uh, behavior. Not so like your social constructs aren't just built within your immediate relationships. Now they're built at the world at large. And if you think of it kind of like in Reddit, like upvoting and downvoting, you're more likely to see specific things. So which creates a consensus behavior. So like what everyone sees on average in the day to day is a lot more similar today than it would be uh, historically. And so therefore we're, we're like more homogenous almost like group things like the media has created you know like we all share this collective yeah but the coolest thing is is it is uh it's sprouted and exploded because now you have uh, just people who are going out there and the idea is is the most interesting person for better or for worse is going to get the most attention 
in terms of online and we're only getting better and better at that by seo optimization because like you know shit that's trending that matches your uh out what you normally look at like on instagram um all of that shit is kind of creating like this consensus idea consensus or confirmation bias almost yeah that's what i was trying it, to think exactly. it was what i was thinking of but what you're doing though it seems is i want to challenge idea. that yeah and it's the same idea it's utilizing that platform yes yes in a positive way and almost like uh, as a role model, if you will, not an individual way, but like as a group. Yes, as a group. So I'm using myself personally right now as the catalyst, but my dream is to cr use this platform and any platform I can get uh, to, to express a call to action for creators, collaborators, contributors who want to uh, push this message, which is, you know, how can we better communicate among the sexes, better communicate within ourselves and uh, as a society and as a civilization. Um, that's the overall sort of social goal or objective that I have here. My personal loves in life are philosophy and uh, powerlifting, and that's what I'm going to use as my little uh, ripple. Hmm. Uh, my, my passion's uh, yes, I'm sorry. What is it about powerlifting specifically that uh, that draws you to utilize powerlifting? I enjoy pushing my body safely mm -hmm. to a point to to its to its peak to its potential, and that's that's you know squatting as much weight as I can, you know, deadlifting. Nothing, nothing is more primal than walking up and just trying to pick up as much fucking weight as you can there's nothing more primal yeah i, I agree i think when, when people haven't actually dug deep into it and experienced it themselves from the outside it may for some people it may look absurd for them to do and what i like to liken it to is is it makes your day-to-day -day suffering seem so much smaller and in, insignificant and just manageable to because you're pushing yourself in something that is the most difficult thing that you may have done in your life up until that point and you're succeeding that little mini repetition you're not just working the muscles you know on your body i would imagine it's up in your psyche i get yes. it from running that way like yeah it's it's you know the ability to challenge your body you can extrapolate to challenging your mind so if you're just tired or if you're hungry or you're thirsty but you have homework or you have you know a mental sort of task at hand you have trained your body to perform under duress. Now you can cognitively function under duress. Yes. If you are conscious of that and you try and connect the two. Um, and I just kind of wanted to make a comment. You know, the, the trivial day-to-day -day things seem less important when you're right. Let's say the barista fucks up your coffee. Yeah. But you're doing a pull-up. Remember that at one point you needed to do pull-ups to survive. Yeah, exactly. Like, that is a very just human movement. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you might not have got your exact coffee order, but you know what? Do that pull-up because you might be getting chased by a bear someday. Yeah, exactly. Hyperbole, but it's fun. No, yeah, it is. And we, I think if we let our bodies atrophy, regardless of the need, it starts to once again affect the mind. And that's the, something I see amongst uh, retired individuals not as a blanket statement, but I've seen it often as a minority, I guess, of people who retire and all they do is chill and just watch TV. And the, the crazy part is, is that's like a surface experience, whereas there's these deeper experiences that are more intense. Even at an old age, you could, you could enjoy and it would therefore increase your longevity. Like with lifting, I didn't know. I thought it was like a uh, meathead. And I didn't understand, like, this felt uncomfortable. Why would I do this? And then I got into it, and I met people instead of being ignorant and assuming. And it was an entirely different story, with a few exceptions, like everything. I mean, within stereotypes, yeah. the, the end of that spectrum will exist. Um, I call myself the meathead hippie, actually. Oh, so, really? um, yeah, because uh, I am a meathead. I am a bro. I drink my protein shakes from time to time. Yeah. You know, going back to the balanced lifestyle approach. But also, I'm very much a hippie where, like, when I'm done mm -hmm. lifting heavy-ass weights, I want to go home and just chill out. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the point is you want to know what your body is capable of, but not constantly be in that state of tension and, and, and yanks, as I call it. Ebb and flow, peaks yeah. and valleys. Yes. Yeah. 
So you got to be able to relax too. Mm-hmm. It's I think that's the whole thing is uh, what is it? Do dishes to do dishes. Because it's the idea. I forget what fucking Eastern philosophy shit is. It is. The reality is you always have to do dishes. So if you find pleasure in doing dishes, you therefore will experience more pleasure. So your ups and then experiencing your lows, not like I got to be back in the gym or when you're low, I got to be working out. You just enjoy it for what it is. And yeah, it's that yin and the yang, like you said, too, which is. Absolutely. I I, I can dig it. And I love just kind of waking up and having my coffee and doing my dishes, kind of setting up my day. That is a little pleasure in life that I do have. If I didn't have that 6 a.m. desk job, it'd be a lot more. Got it, man. (laughs) So how did you get into uh, powerlifting? Um, As a young boy, I was a latchkey kid. Mm -hmm. Um, If most of you guys are, most of us millennials, us whiny millennials are probably latchkey kids. (laughs) Um, So I didn't have a lot of parental support, guidance, supervision, but I did get that from sports coaches. Oh. And uh, I've always been a little bit athletically gifted. Not like great, like I'd never get to the Olympics even with all the resources, but just a little bit above average. Yeah. And so, you know, coaches kind of invested in me and lifting was one of the things that was drilled into me, you know, get your squat, your bench and your deadlift is as high as you can by a high school football coach. And at oh. the time, you know, I didn't realize the foundation he was, you know, laying for me, which, which was that powerlifting foundation. Yeah. I was just trying to get a scholarship. Oh, that's um, smart. Did not get a scholarship, oh, but shit. um, you know, that's a whole different, you know, I like I had to work and no excuses, yeah, but you exactly. know, like Life 6 a.m. it's like class, then work, then homework. It's like eh, anyways, right. moving on. Yeah. Um, and so then I got away from that, uh, went to college, uh, and kind of got fat and lazy from about 20 to 24, um, working full time, going to college full time, just like doing that, caught up in the whirlwind, doing that grind, you know, uh, finally got my bachelor's degree and was like, shit, I got fat. Let's, (laughs) let's, let's fix that. I always loved lifting. Let's get back into lifting. You didn't have any trouble transitioning? Um, no, it was like, uh, I remember I started at like 165 of just fat sort of softness 165 pounds and just ran and slowly added about 10 pounds a year for the next five years wow um we'll get into details you know yeah. on my website later about how i did all of that but um i just always loved it and then i found a sort of solace Ooh. in it because uh, i was also going through a very difficult time in my life i uh had been kind of like kicked out by my family. Um, yeah, I've been there, man. You know, and I was also working full time trying to like get my degree because everyone had said the degree would get you out of like the shitty life. (laughs) So I was like, that was my life was like work, workout, homework, repeat. And it was, I became a robot and it was, it was, I was coping. I was coping going back to our earlier conversation. Mm -hmm. Just surviving. And now I'm at a point in life where it's like, let's not use it as an escaping tool. Let's, let's appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. and find balance yes and i want to help other people do that because i i feel like there's a lot of people in the world just kind of hurting mm-hmm. no, that's my my idea as well because like with i've encountered a lot of people who myself included uh were severely misguided and i have no fucking idea is in terms of like my own direction or anything like that i just explore shit but putting it out there and allowing exposing people to ideas as I'm exposed to them as well it would be my hopes that they would have to suffer a little bit less so they don't have to spend that time trying to do that and then it's self-serving because it's also for me too you know Uh, I find tremendous just pleasure in sharing my knowledge that could prevent someone injury or pain or even discomfort you know I understand you will need to experience discomfort in your life but that's one of my favorite things is just helping someone. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. It's my favorite things is to be able to uh, connect with somebody. Definitely. And through helping people, it's also just interesting to uh, human behavior and how little we deviate. It's yeah. In, Even in when opinion. we have like all of the rational information in front of us. Yeah, exactly. We just still are on this crash course of insanity. <laughs> yep. And um, with, powerlifting is it the level to where you're actually making a living off of it or is that a very difficult thing to do in the discipline like as a competition uh nobody really makes a living just competing 
but they make a living in the industry, hmm. you know, doing like uh, expos, uh, being sponsored, um, demonstrations. You know, you come to this gym, pay 50 bucks, and I'll do a seminar. Oh, okay. Well, um, so there's a lot of ways to monetize the sport. Uh, and some, a few competitions have like a cash purse, but it's not enough to like make and live off of. So you yeah. do have to work and you do have to contribute. Um, and so like some of my favorite people, if, if you ever hear this, Chris Duffin, um, you know, he's one of my shout favorite. Out. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, just one of my favorite individuals because he works his ass off. You know, he has a passion slash day job slash fitness job slash, you know, he does podcasts. He does everything. Hungry. He's just, yeah. He's hungry and he charges, you know, for some of his services and some of them are free, but that's the balance that you have to have balance. Yep. Um, and so that's my dream is to somehow balance giving and, you know, charging my experience and knowledge and passion and wisdom. Exactly. But I'll never make money just stepping on the platform. Yeah. I'm not good enough and there's not enough out there. That makes sense, man. And I, I think it is kind of like you can live off of your own, the pursuit of like disciplines or outside of the nine to five when you unconventionally make an amalgamation of different, just different shit. You know what I mean? It's hard to just do one specific thing. It gets but, boring. Yeah, and I like that. That's the thing is that it's not that's not natural to human nature, and that's why I hate working in the first place and working the conventional job because I have to do this one fucking thing that has no or little relation to my desire as a human being, what I want to do with in, with my life. And I feel like it where you can vary it, and you're like, this is my creative pursuit. Let's work on this, flush it out. Okay, let's go do this shit once this is finished, and so on and so forth. It's more natural. My my 20 year life plan is to, to get into politics because I'm a little really? pissed. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna be tatted shit. up and whatnot and badass, but I want to get into politics because I'm a little pissed off at the lack of utilization of technology. You know, in our infrastructure, in our mm -hmm. Just in our in our economy in general, we're twenty to thirty years behind our utilization of, of technology, and we can get into cronyism and all that other shit. Like, yeah, you know, but uh, bureaucracy. We do not have to work as much as we do, as hard as we do, for as little as we do, given the technology that exists today and will exist moving forward. And it just is so frustrating that so many more and more of my friends are working 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 hour weeks mm -hmm. for the matrix, the machine, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, when if we began to actually let technology make our lives better, more people could be enabled to pursue their passions and monetize that. I like to use the example of like a skydive instructor. I don't know how to fucking skydive. I would love to just be able to go pay someone a hundred bucks or whatever, go jump. I like it, pay another hundred bucks, do it again, and have someone so proficient in their passion that they can cheaply and affordably monetize it so a lot of people can experience it potentially once or twice. Mm -hmm. And just allow people to monetize their passions so everyone can experience a wide array of experiences. I see exactly what you're saying. Sorry, I tend to ramble. No, that's you're not rambling, man. That makes complete sense to me. What I usually like to tell people, or even... Yeah, is um, that if you like to do weightlifting, for example, and let's say you worked and you did a desk job, if you were to do a desk job, you would be far less productive doing weightlifting for eight hours. I'm not sure, if not just actual training, but you know everything it encompasses, mm -hmm. because you have a passion for that, and it's it's completely different. Like I would I would do a podcast where I don't get um, like I have to work until 12 o'clock at night and I got to get up at five in the morning. I don't care. I would never do that for, for any other kind of job. Like it's, it's just a, a labor of love, if you will. And I think that is far more, that's what everyone should be spending their time doing is just some labor of love. I don't even know how it manifests. If you find what you enjoy and you're not just doing shit just to survive and educating people to actually seek that within themselves we'd be have a far more productive society you're right I, I i couldn't agree more and uh that's why i'm a little bitter because i was raised to follow your dreams and find something that makes you happy but also get these expensive pieces of paper yeah so now i'm straddled with this significant student loan debt 
and now I'm just like, Shit, and you go to jail if you don't pay for that. You can't even fucking go bankrupt. So I'm like, how do I follow my dreams oh, when man. I am chained to this fucking, you know? And because I was pushed towards college, you know, I was like told it's college or the road. Essentially, yeah. was the agreement. And uh, eventually, I saw Shit, the road. Right anyways, away. college or the road. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's kind of how my mom was, but not quite. But how, really, that yeah. must have been a lot of pressure on you, man. How yeah, and I had to pay my feel? own bills and stuff because I was like kind of adopted. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> damn. Man. So that must have been like a, a real tumultuous time for you in your life. Yes. In uh, uh, coming out of it, though, how was it coming out of it? Was it easy to transition for you, or? Uh, I look back and it's it. it, it I I was twenty mm-hmm. and I was one semester away from graduating with my bachelor's degree. And my adopted family um, had gone through some personal stress on their side. Yeah. And they had said, we can no longer, you know, house you. And I didn't have, like, friends. I didn't have family. I didn't have anything because oh, I was work, work out, like, homework. That's how I was in Idaho. Again. And so I, like, this, sure. I was living in Texas at the time. I moved back to Washington. And as kind of like a fuck you to them, mm-hmm. I just I finished school. And I got a master's degree. Oh, what? As kind of like a, yeah, so I have an MBA. Oh. Um, with an emphasis in change leadership, because I actually do want to make fucking change in the world. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of to, 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 to show them for kicking me out. I, I got all of that education. But now I look back like fudge. <laughs> that's a lot of debt yeah. just for a giant middle finger. Oh, yeah, exactly. For a piece of paper. Uh, but I wouldn't take it. Wouldn't take it back. You know, I, I believe it's experience. You know. It's experience. And uh, I hope moving forward with mm-hmm. this new perspective, I'm trying to take on very much of what you have, you know, just this, uh, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. You're good, man. Trying to move on to, uh, what is it called? Being able to be a, a role model and offer a platform for the conversation of, uh, masculinity and, uh, gender roles. Oh stuff like man. Yeah. We, we could talk so much about that, but, uh, I have, you know, a bunch of male friends who are just yeah. like, you know, dating is friggin' stupid, and I have a bunch of female friends who are like dating is stupid, and and I just oh, look really? around and I just see all of my friends. Uh, also, what's it? June uh, in May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah, and I began using my social media as a platform to raise awareness because that's a cause I'm very personally passionate about. Wow! And a lot of people started reaching out to me, like personally, privately, you know, with their own sort of concerns and, and, and diagnoses and, and issues. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were un, untreated, undiagnosed, or just given the healthcare situation yeah, in America. Yeah, just kind of given that five minutes in and out real quick kind of thing. It's, it's uh, well, it's just so hard now, like, who has fucking health insurance? Who actually has health insurance anymore? Who yeah. actually gets, who whose counselors are actually covered by their, it's just mental health is so, so under underserved. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped, um, push this website um, and the common theme I see is that young men were not taught how to be man men boys were not taught taught how to be men how, wait how so like uh, yeah uh, so I uh, once I hit about 20 that point where I was on my own I began going through life like I didn't know how to iron a shirt right uh. and I'm like I'm a 20 something year old man with a jo- job interview I don't know how to iron a shirt um, and that's I'm not going to say a mom or a dad, but I feel like that's something mm-hmm. one of your parents probably should have taught you. Exactly. It's and life skills. Yes. That reminds me of someone that I heard, and this is this is no fair as a representation of a group of people because it's just cherry picking. But um, some dude was like trying to air his tires and he goes into the gas station and he's like, he's younger and <laughs> said that it, the air is not working out there. His gas station attendant goes out there and he just has a lay next to his tire. Didn't know you had to put it on the tire. And then there's other people that I've seen that I've met, and they don't know how to cook. Yeah. Oh, like they don't, oh yeah. Like, they just cook up there. And when I cook, I come over and I cook at people's house just because I used to be a chef, so I love that shit. And they're like, oh, how do you cook, you know, noodles? I'm like, what the fuck, man? And you wonder why two-thirds of America is obese or overweight. Yeah, exactly, man. Fucking hundreds of grams of sugar is just pumping in those veins. Just everything microwave and oven and yep. nobody knows right how in. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Which I'm not against all that stuff. I am just for the uh, balanced utilization of, or, or the Western word is moderation, mm-hmm. but nobody applies yeah, it. Exactly. It's the discipline because I think 
Jocko Willink. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yes. He, yeah, the whole discipline is freedom, motivation is unreliable kind of thing. It's the same with food, is that like one simple little mouth pleasure that you get now is it far outweighs the discomfort you would feel in the long run from con- continuing that habit. But 80-20 method too, have a little bit of fun from now and then. But yeah. I can't argue. I can, <laughs> or, or add, you said it perfectly, 80-20. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you uh, for competing and powerlifting, do you have a specific kind of eating regimen that you follow, or is it kind of just loose? Um, I, I usually plan out my year kind of, you know, towards like one competition I'll want to do that I'll really focus on. Um, and then kind of say for these three months, I'm not going to really stress. And for these three months, I'm going to kind of stress. Um, so I give myself blocks. I really like blocks. Mm. Um, and it also too, I try and coordinate it with, um, kind of the human sort of, uh, harvest and, and, uh, the harvest cycle. And so like going into the summer, um, I'm working, I'm working. This is the leanest, lightest I've been. Cause I'm just working, I'm prepping for the winter. Right. Oh. So I got two months of like, just work ahead of me, work, 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 work. Damn. So I'm going to just continue to lose weight and just like not focus on consuming. Cause I want to, I don't actually need to stockpile, but the mentality is, you know, the winter is coming. I want to be prepared. Okay. Um, so I take that approach as well. Hmm. When I do follow a strict eating plan. I love, love, love Chrissy Mays flexible dieting 2.0. Am I allowed to shout really? stuff yeah, out? Yeah, you can shout many shoes you want. Um, go you know, for it. it's it's nothing. It's just flexible dieting if it fits your macros. So there's a lot of different books and a lot of literature out there. That's just an easy book, and I love her. Um, so uh, Chrissy May, Chrissy May Cagney. If you've heard of donuts and deadlifts or deadlifts and donuts, um, yeah, preaching balance. You can eat donuts. Still be healthy. Just do your fucking deadlifts. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the balance, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so flexible dieting is so easy, in my opinion. And it's essentially applying the scientific math- method. You track, you change, you repeat. Yeah. And that's, you know, you eat this many calories, this many proteins, this many carbs, this, this much fat, and you're done. It's a little bit, at first, learning how to track everything is tedious, but how how many of how who knows what's actually in what they're eating so you should probably know that shit anyways being aware putting a lot more attention on what you're doing instead of just the whole autopilot thing which goes back to dishes for dishes cooking for cooking and if you get deep into cooking it's something you're gonna have to do every day and the deeper you get into it the more fun and satisfying it can be i absolutely i i'm just now beginning to accept that i'm a creative person yeah yeah so yeah uh until 28, you know, I was an, an academic and I still love that side of me, but I love culinary creations. Okay. I'm going to pass that to you. Okay. And uh, count to like maybe 20 and then you'll just, you'll want to melt this as far away from the channel there as possible. Uh-huh. So that way the vapor just kind of goes into the tube, but not the wax itself. And then like a bong, just create a seal and... And now he's gonna be blitzed. I can see his face. Oh no! What the fuck? <laughs> Went from a five to an eight. <laughs> yep, <laughs> off the rails. <coughs> and I personally may or may not participate, but we'll talk about that at a later date. <coughs> Washington State recreational. So I just realized I'm a dick and in the insanity of my life and the business and all that, what is the purpose of this podcast? Like, what should we talk about specifically? I'm sorry. No, the purpose of the <laughs> Holy pod- shit. We've been talking for hours and I've just been rambling. <laughs> no, you're good, man. That's pretty much what it is. Is The intent is it's an open dialogue to understand why you're not satisfied with working a conventional life. 
and trying to define what you actually want and go out and achieve it. And I think that's very important because as technology progresses, being productive and efficient and responsible is no longer going to be prioritized and creativity is creativity and connectivity with other human beings is what's going to be prioritized so whether or not that's making something selling a product taking care of people and i see a lot of people who just get by to survive and so my purpose is to explore a bunch of people who step out of that to better understand like for myself how to continue and for other people too that is admirable because I did what you were supposed to do, yeah. which is get a college degree mm-hmm. and get a corporate job and punch the clock. And I would rather die. Yeah. It's just so horrible. And it's, it's this, I, I hope that this, this, this effort, this movement takes off and we do see some change because I know everybody is just so fucking miserable mm-hmm. and we're all just drinking. We're all just taking pills. We're all just, avoiding life in some way shape or form yeah in the industrial era which i but once again i'm fucking retarded so maybe not <laughs> um and during the industrial era it was these things were important it, it didn't matter your health or anything as long as you were able to create the the tasks at hand so if you're able to work in the factory or you're able to work in a field and it's almost a sense of servitude, but you, it's, you weren't forced, you know, you'd get paid and there was some bad shit that did happen where you were forced. That's why we have unions. Yeah, exactly. But now that we're evolved. Yeah. And we're kind of moving, um, out of that because that was, it didn't matter if it was, um, in line with our desire. And now we have the freedom to do that and it's to our benefit because as a human, as a race, we're like, it, we're deteriorating for something, and I don't know what it is. Like consumer civilization. Yeah. Civilized to death. Institutions themselves. Um. Are f- I was just gonna say something. Shit. That almost reminds me of Christopher Ryan with the whole uh, microorganism thing. So we're we're just simply, like, if a cell in your body dies, right? And the organism keeps going because it's just a function of the organism. And for the sake of institution, an individual sacrifices themselves. So for, you know, society, you have uh, cultural sacrificing with the heart and shit like that down in the Aztec society. Okay. Um, And so right now, when it was during the industrial era, for the good of the civilization, we sacrifice for the good of the institution we made a sacrifice as individuals and now the institution demands different things where we have less and less sacrifices does that make sense yes the the institution being civilization or society technology technology that's you know circling back to the point i referenced earlier is i don't think we use technology Mm -hmm. to make our lives better um i don't think as 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 we could you know i think we are still slaves in some way, shape or form. The concept of creative destructionism, Mm -hmm. which is like a key economic tenant. We have shied away from that because that means less money for the people who currently have money and are getting money, Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical companies and why they don't allow pot and psilocybin. Right? So a lot of America is stuck 20 to 30 years behind. We are in need of a technological slash psychological revolution. Yes. Uh, because the organism has become too greedy and mm-hmm. we as this generation who's the most angry and the most in power to make change because our little brothers and sisters if we have them they're still in school they're just now getting into college and our parents who are the ones who fucked us you know we need to fight the institution and yeah. we need to say hey we understand what you are how you are, et cetera. Now let's, let's renegotiate the terms. Exactly. Because it's antiquated. And that's what I mean. Calling back to the industrial revolution or not the industrial revolution, but the industrial era is that since then, not even our education system has changed because the whole, 
it's changed for the worse. Less it, recess time, less like nutritious food. Yeah. Well, less actual like no child left behind, so like common core and, and <laughs> catering to the lowest common denominator. It's it's like a fucked up attempt. It's yeah. a mutilated attempt, really. Yes. But uh and I don't know if it was intentional or just misguided. Uh I think the idea of trying to cater your society to the lowest common denominator but not actually walking the walk so we say that you know that's kind of how our society is built that everyone fair opportunity right uh but nobody who works 40 hours a week at a normal job not a normal job but at a job at minimum wage can get by right so we all believe that the american dream exists when it doesn't anymore yeah, um, exactly. It's not. Realistic. Sorry for going no. off. We're talking about the education no, system. No, completely and I <laughs> fine. And that's no. It's not realistic, and I don't know. It, it, I think a lot of people are becoming aware of that, though. And it's changing, and that's what we, I'm very hopeful because the institutions themselves are changing, and that's what I find is interesting because in the industrial era, um, with schools as well, it was organized around what it was like to work in a factory to prepare them for factory work and now that's not even relevant because that's not what people do really Mm-mm. you're mechanics and you do have factory workers but that's antiquated and they're by the time our kids are old enough to work there'll be robots mm-hmm. and that's for the better of the people because once again we could spend time being productive in creative pursuits or even selling something or human relations because those are something that are invaluable as human beings instead of working our hands and it speaks to us as people because you don't we don't desire necessarily to work with our hands but there's mechanics and we still need mechanics i like working with my hands like i have an old truck that i work on and like you know the the bodybuilding i like it as just like idle hands are the devil's playground and it 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 allows me to get to a different place in my brain when i'm physically distracted my brain can go deeper Mm. it's weird so i don't like working with my hands in terms of like if i was doing rivets on an airplane yeah that would suck but you, you see when you realize that you can actually create the unique path that that is you mm-hmm. the and that makes it interesting because you're not trying to follow like a, if you wanted to be an engineer for example but this way you have to define exactly who you are for the sake of your own personal well-being and the manifestation of that is movements or ideas or uh, projects of any sort. And it's fun, man. It's fun to fucking explore that. It is. It is. Um, hopefully we see a world where more people can explore it. Exactly. And you got any tips for someone who is just getting into lifting? Because what I've been doing is just deadlifts and squats. Um, honestly, the biggest... Oh, shit. I shouldn't tell everyone that i i will because jim bros you know what jim bros this is a fucking challenge no this is a challenge if you want to know what the biggest tip is from someone who is confident they're going to break a record yoga slash mobility yeah fix your fucking hips how many of your friends have back pain of some kind Mm. everything uh uh hippocrates said this and i'm paraphrasing uh so I talk a lot about the Eastern philosophies, but I love the Greek and Roman philosophers too. Yeah. You know, I appropriate from all the spiritualities and theologies, right? Mm-hmm. So Hippocrates said, uh, when in ill health, seek first to the spine. Mm. So in the last six months of dealing with the shitty breakup and just shitty life and all of that, I've focused so much on fixing my lower back pain that I've had for years, but never just really, really focused on fixing. And in doing so, all I did was try and fix my hips and how they were positioned hmm. which has translated up your hips will translate up and down they're like your epicenter wow so that uh, really obviously you do brazilian jiu-jitsu and all that mm-hmm. so i assume your mobility is good and whatnot yeah i do yoga yeah wow, so if you're good at yoga uh and in that case if you have that foundation just start eating more mm-hmm. like like you have an excuse to eat you have the f- physical foundation you know eat more and lift more mm-hmm. um we won't talk about details on the podcast, but yeah. we can talk about like programming stuff information with you. Um, yeah. but that's the first key is your fucking your hips, your spine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that'll translate into your shoulders. And then I say, this is not a direct an analog, but your hips 
and your shoulders are like upper and lower body analogs. Like doing hangs? Yeah. Yeah, I love doing I do hangs twice a day. So take care of your <clears throat> hips and shoulders and eat. Eat, eat, eat. Mm-hmm. And then lift. But that's the easy. Lifting is honestly the easiest part. Oh, really? Yeah. Lifting is the easiest part. The nutrition and recovery is the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah, the ice baths help, though. That's for sure. Uh, have you looked into Wim Hof? Yeah, I've looked yeah. at it. I've done his breathing methods, too. And I'm trying to get into Kundalini and holotropic breathing. Because that would be a lot of fun. See, I don't even know what that is. Uh, what, what are those? You, so Kundalini, you could uh, induce a psychedelic state through breathing. How? And so is holotropic breathing. It's basically some form of hyperventilating. And okay. it literally reduces... I know Elliot Hulse, if you're familiar, um, mm-hmm. a fitness YouTuber uh, who's gone off the deep end a little bit uh-uh. spiritually, but he's still in a good place. He's got woo woo. Yeah, you? like oh, he'll God. like do like tribal like dancing and like just screaming and chanting and oh, whatnot. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Fuck personality. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking of is like that kind of chanting and breathing and yeah, no, it's no. like it's uh, kind of like the Wim Hof method, but it, it's a lot more in, intense. Okay. And yeah, I want to get into it. I think there's uh, YouTube videos for it too, so I might just jump in that way. But yeah, I think it'd be really cool if, and I hope you get this experience too, because um, you have your own, you know, ambitions. Mm-hmm. I would love this platform to take me on adventures to meet new people, mm-hmm. and for them to share with me in that I'm being open, saying, "Hey, I'm still looking to grow." Yeah. So people who like, obviously not Wim Hof, but like you know, people in between him and I that are like, Hey, I'd like to take you in and teach you a thing or two, or let's just talk about this. Um, I'm hoping that the, those sort of opportunities open up. Yeah. Exactly. Um, cause I would love to just meet the people who pioneer this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh man. And it's just putting yourself out there mm-hmm. constantly. And you'll always, I don't know, you'll find your way. Even if it's not exactly where you anticipated, it's just, yeah. Like so, a lot of the times it could be surprising too. That's what I found is because at first it was daunting trying to do anything. And I just found the action of doing it in and of itself is the only the biggest obstacle. Taking the first step. Yeah, exactly. I learned that even getting on stage, man. That took me forever. I went to like two open mics and I ran home after that shit. I didn't even do them. What? Yeah. What? A fucking pussy. And on the, well, I was a pansy rather. Because pussies are great. <laughs> yes, exactly. I eat them. <laughs> that's actually so i want to no never mind we can talk about that one offline what like if i don't want to eat a girl's pussy just like nope we're done like yeah. there are some women you can just look at and like you're a beautiful woman because all women are beautiful women are art but i don't want to eat your pussy like i'm sorry mm-hmm. you're still a beautiful woman but and that's like the problem is so few women are like that tasty looking yeah, exactly. It, well, in, they're all beautiful, but they're not all tasty. I think there's a difference between in, intent, though, because it goes back to repression. Is is obviously you're not your intent is not to harm them emotionally, but it's just being honest. And if you are just being honest, how could you? I can understand that you could be angry at someone for that, or uh, oh, I don't tell them that. You know, I oh know, no, I know, but I mean, like, <laughs> if you can get to the point, it's a stretch, it's utopian, but the idea is, is that where you could be Vulcan-like, honest. Yeah, and you, as long as you can understand that my intent is not to hurt you. Sorry. FYI, yeah. Uh, well, that's something that has made dating difficult. Oh shit. We're on a a tangent, but just being honest, just being honest with someone saying this about you is a little off putting. I'm not asking you to change it, but I'd like to dialogue around like why you engage in that behavior and rambling. Fuck. Where were we? Uh, Golly. I do that. that No, that's perfect. We're talking about pussy because you had said you don't want to be a pussy. Stand up. Yeah. You don't want to be a pansy. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you actually stepped on stage? Yeah. Okay. When when are you doing it next? I'm gonna do it at Farmstrong. At uh, fuck, I should have said it on the air. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can edit it out, right? On the yeah, on the 18th. Okay. Of this month. Yeah, of this. Where's month. Farmstrong? Right across oh, the I mean, street from Walmart up here. Okay. And then I'm at. Uh, I I, I want to watch. I go to the one down in Seattle every other Sunday. I'm fucking horrible. You don't want to watch. Well, so no, I I want my roommate and I. We we. 
uh, got really, really, really stoned, as stoned as I can get. Oh, yes. Like, I actually don't ever really get super stoned. Oh, really? It's a bummer. Yeah, it's the trauma. Oh. Like, in the psilocybin, same way, like, I can take super doses and, like, not. Anyways. Really? Oh, but we got, like, as much as I could get stoned, and we watched a documentary on, like, uh, humpback whale mating. Mm-hmm. And it is quite, quite uh, analogous to picking up chicks in the bar. Seriously? And it's like the amount of like we wrote like a bit that like we're selling, we're trying to put together. So I want to I want to watch you and learn and yeah. hopefully steal some of your knowledge. Oh, gosh. And then uh, at some point I'm going to step on stage and talk about yes. how humpback whale mating is very similar <laughs> to picking up a girl in a bar. Oh, God. There's cock blocking and everything. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, I tried to do a comparison between um, being anally retentive yeah, and uh, well, this porn of uh, Roxy Ray with her ass sticking up in the air and a bunch of guys and girls eating cereal out of her ass. And then, I think that's too specific because yeah, exactly. I don't know the... Oh, no, it's... I'm a fan of porn, but... No, I was just describing this whole scenario and I was saying, you think that I'm anal? Try watching this video. And then... <laughs> Roxy Ray is just super anal, and then it was like, oh, "Fuck, I should do it." Sorry, this is horrible. I'm gonna, I'll set this up. Is that so? I was folding clothes for my uh, son one day, for my son and I, and you know, I, I fold all the shirts, the pants, and the sweats, and underwear, and my bras, and then you. Th- um, but before you think I'm anal, check out Roxy Ray on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see a big ass group of guys and girls circling around this lady like a kitty cat with her ass stuck up in the air and they're eating fruity loops out of her asshole but the worst part is they use fucking almond milk who the fuck uses <laughs> almond milk <laughs> like that shit and that was i got no i, I, I got one laugh i was like i'd have laughed I, I would have laughed <laughs> it was a stretch but that was my first set, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, I, I would have laughed. But it's uh, better like than doing poetry, though. Oh, man. See, like, the thing with me and poetry is I only write it for women I have sex with, and it's a very intimate thing. Yeah. But I, I, I there's, like, a romantic in me somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just got to find the right woman. Exactly. That's, well, I, it's just as a pretentious connotation, or not pretentious con- connotation, it, pretentious and uh what is it boring but it's not because that's like the shit that was in high school you know what i mean and how they read it how they presented it but like spoken word it's it's a lot different to what people assume it to be uh spoken word and poetry or there i i see them as different things uh, well, right yeah the uh, spoken word is kind of a subset in poetry okay i thought like when you say spoken word i imagine all the forms of like orating oh no that you could do no i meant spoken word poetry I okay guess. i should have added that tagline on there Sorry. okay so just performing poetry just period not like slam poetry yeah well slam poetry is one of it but that whole like yelling all the time it's okay. just a cliche kind of thing okay but the problem that it is is it's inundated with like pc culture that makes me want to take a gun and put it in my mouth and just blast off so like non-binary they's yes and it's not that i have an issue with that but it's um the type of person that i you know it's the experience just one experience i had and but but you're there to express art creativity your soul mm-hmm. you're not the, the whole point of art is that you don't tell people how to <laughs> express their art you yeah, know it's not that the expression of art it was that it was hostile where I couldn't have a communication with someone. Okay. If that makes any sense. Like they interrupted your set? No, it's just outside of that. Oh. Does that make sense? Like so one bad interaction I can relate with, I guess, as a group in the entire form of poetry where you perform and you actually make, you know, money. Does that make sense? I didn't think people did poetry to make money. Yeah, that's, that's I thought you did poetry to like emote and to get laid. That's see, that's that's way. all I thought poetry was good for. Yeah, that's that's the connotation that that it has, and so I gave up on it because I was like, "Fuck this shit." Well, I mean, it I wasn't. so you're trying to figure out how to monetize it, I guess. Oh, how to do it in a way where you can just uh, spend most of your time on it. Um, find a rich woman who enjoys being exactly. serenaded or, or read to. See, and, then, and it's always or, has a sexualized connotation to it. Well, because at the end of the day, oh man, 
and it's not that it's wrong. It just that's why I dropped it. Though. There, well, see now we get into like control and whatnot, where freedom in this day and age, like freedom, is so it's such a complicated thing, especially sexual. Because I would love to have a sugar mama, yeah. right? She would pay my bills, and the expectation is I do what she says. Yeah, <laughs> women have done it for ever we forced women to do it so it's not like they did it by choice but now they are currently doing it by choice because hey it's a better life than the fuck boys are giving them right well, if you're doing it by choice yeah go ahead please yeah because there should even be prostitutes men and women but to make money doing there's no way to make money doing something that like people don't value that's what i mean is it so that people don't value sp- poetry anymore so if I had to, yeah that's what i'm trying to say so if i have to do poetry i would have to create value in the genre itself but with comedy there's it's this it's almost the same thing i enjoy it more actually but i don't have to create the initial value because people are interested in it whereas in poetry all it attracts is that alternative culture that i don't really relate to this is what i'm having trouble with this this makes me want to circle back to i had wanted to make a point about you had referenced pornhub Mm -hmm. and have you heard of this website called make love not porn.com yeah so part of my life is like i had this idea before i found out about the website and then i was pissed off but like ethically sourced porn i love porn but when you begin to see the reality of the women not exactly wanting to do what they're doing the consent Mm -hmm. you know uh although they consent with ink and with money their souls etc you know like it's really hard for me to enjoy porn so now makelove.porn is a website where users mm-hmm. actually just have sex, film themselves, upload it, and other users can rent their films. Mm-hmm. And um, the website gets half of the fees and the users get the other half. So it's a very, very lucrative and social, ethical way to fill a need in the market that has been filled by greed and by less than by just evil so you wait, know is what you're speaking of is that they don't get paid anymore is that why or, or well so are you talking about like porn stars or yeah so like, like in the in the mainstream porn industry like the women don't get paid per view they don't get paid you know uh, a lot to begin with they get like three grand a scene and then they're done and that's it right so they don't usually get a lot of benefits they don't get residuals i think is what it's called in the industry um when you're getting like checks for views and whatnot Whereas now on this other website, also too though, on Pornhub, you're not getting accurate representations of sex. As a 12 year old boy and you log into some girl getting cereal eaten out of her ass, like you're gonna expect women to do that when you're 16 or 18, right? So the unrealistic expectations that mainstream porn puts on children has fucked up, has created this fucked up culture of sex as well. Well, though, do you think it's because we uh, make taboo and open dialogue outside of that? Like, do you think if we were able to, so if I were able to tell my son, is that, son, some people are into some different things than us. And, like, if I was okay with having this conversation to a 10-year-old and I showed him Pornhub, 12-year-old, uh, this is just me just fucking throwing out random shit. And I informed him about this. I gave him tools to cope with this beforehand did my best and then if you got any issues come talk to me dad why is there a woman fucking a dog well son this is something that happens and having this this conversation to help him cope with that whereas opposed to you know repressing it Mm -hmm. um well and that's the thing too is is we live in a world of it or are you implying that do you want to get rid of it or do you well, so so worse of what I'm implying is that we live in a world where young young boys and girls, but I'm you know masculinity and focusing on that, mm-hmm. they're exposed to a culture that thinks breastfeeding is wrong, but using tits to sell hamburgers is okay, mm-hmm. and then also to now violent graphic porn, which I'm all about a little bit of rough sex, but like, but like this, the depictions of porn are getting more and more like graphic and and yeah, not not representative of how people i mean people have some wild sex but like it's getting to the point now where the repression is creating a desire for more and more like dark and you know what's the next envelope what's the next threshold and it's also not creating a realistic expectation for young men 
Mm-hmm. So whereas now this website, what they're doing is actual people having actual sex, mm-hmm. getting actual money instead of a porn star getting used for a few hours and getting a few grand, maybe if she's lucky and then tossed on the side of the road yeah. for a 12 year old boy to fantasize and objectivize and think that all women should behave and perform that way. And then also to the penis expectations that porn creates, that's a whole nother thing. Um, the whole reason we got onto this though, was that <laughs> this website make love, not porn.com created a need in the market when a need didn't necessarily exist or we didn't know the need existed. We didn't really know that we needed more ethical porn, you know, just because of the organism that it grew into without us really being aware of it. It grew faster than we could think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so now with your poetry, with eBooks and Kindles and all of that, that technology grew faster than we could, you know, compartmentalize it. Maybe we can make a transition back to listening more instead of trying to just be distracted and in our phones more. So maybe there's a way that you can find or create demand based on a need we might not know we have yet. Yeah. People are, you're doing it right now almost though with your podcast. Yeah. You've essentially done it in not via poetry, but if you want to do some slam poetry, do it. Yeah, exactly. And then you kind of attract the value to it. Yeah. And trying to find a way to uh, create this demand and this need in the market, you did mm-hmm. that, and, and now you're feeling it. Yeah, and that, that's almost like a callback to uh, Tim Ferriss, and it's scratching your own itch. Is that thing that calls to you, and you kind of create, and once again, the the whole I don't know cognitive biases, or but the, the reality, like creating your own reality, essentially. Is, is when you pursue something, you just kind of create the success with it. Or not success with it, but you, you gravitate opportunities and stuff like that. You you create your own destiny, I yeah. guess. And in a way... Exactly. Um, you Obviously, you're not going to be able to like manifest a stack of money, but... Well, it goes to that uh, systems approach, though. Yeah. And it's you're not actually working towards an end goal. You're just uh, be trying to be as aware as you can and to this whole just general idea is that like the pursuit whether it's the pursuit of growth through what you're doing right now and just riding it for as far as you want to go and being open to anything else that comes your way like i mean being rigid in any other way is would be harmful to your happiness i think just speaking from personal experience because in reality things do change often so having some rigid idea it's way too fragile Mm -hmm. yeah and it just holds you back. I mean, look at the Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea, but like, let's be real. Two hundred fifty years ago, they didn't have fucking a lot of what we have now. Yeah. So, how are they to tell us how to live and all of that? And I'm not saying abolish the Constitution. I'm just saying, like, hey, let's understand it should be a living document, mm-hmm. an organic document. Um, we're talking about being open-minded. Yes. I always make things about politics. No, you're good. I'm sorry. Times, no, it's times are changing, and it has to be able to um, evolve a little more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And once again, going back to technology, although it is vulnerable to um, altering technology through hacking, I would imagine, is that if you're able to use technology as a vehicle for the cumulative... You can't do... Not everyone can be responsible for the decisions because some people, you don't want to fucking have the trigger on a missile, for instance. No. Um, and just as you know with how we vote for people, we, we're emotional people. We're not very rational. Some of us are more rational than other people, but most of the time we're swayed by emotion. So we're highly fallible to manipulation or likely to be manipulated. That has to be taken into account. But if we were able to use technology somehow to express our desires as as a society that I think ultimately would be to our benefit. I don't know. I don't understand. And that's because I have not researched the technology fully, but I have a general idea of like what exists today and the awe that I can be put in when Mm -hmm. I look at modern marvels of technology. And then I think to myself, how the fuck can we just not vote from our cell phones? Yeah. Like we all have a social security or tax ID number. It's not that hard to create a fucking database, a database where 
this person, are they alive or dead? Okay, they're dead. Obviously, they can't track a vote, so they're going to be deleted. So you already have the slice of... Yeah, I don't understand that, besides the fact that they don't want that sort of power to be in our hands. Exactly. It's either that, though, or it's the um, the tendency to, the, this is the way it's always been kind of thing. I think it's... it's I hate that, that especially that at my current job. Bureaucracy. That permeates anything large. I hate bureaucracy. Government. Do you watch Rick and Morty, Blue? Yeah. Do you like cartoons? Like, yeah. Do you like existential shit? Yeah. How have you never seen... Adventure see- time. Rick and Morty, dude. Watch Rick and Morty. So, like, there's a funny scene where, like, uh, it's a grandpa and his grandson, and, like, they go on crazy time travel type universal intergalactic adventures. And they're shooting these bug creatures, and his grandpa's like, they're robots. They don't have souls. You can shoot them. And his grandson shoots one, and it, like, goes, ah, it hurts. It freaks out. And his grandpa's like, they're they're bureaucrats. It's a metaphor. (laughs) Because he hates bureaucrats. I mean, how can you not? Like, people who enjoy red tape for the sake of red tape. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fucking yeah, exactly. Rick and Morty, watch it. I'm gonna have everybody to watch go watch it. Rick and Morty. <laughs> I should be sh- should we like be requesting pay payment for like all these shoutouts? Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not cool enough for that yet. <laughs> My ten percent. <laughs> Someday, and even then, it's like not even payment. It's just like, hey, let's raise awareness for good causes. Yeah, exactly, just help uh, um, build a community. Yeah, in the community. Yep. Exactly, man. I gotta. Oh shit! I get to bed. Soon. It's late. Yeah. yeah, it is late. I you, if you let me talk, I'll just go. Yeah, so I feel no, bad. I'm the same way, man. I'll just fucking go forever. Uh, do you have any kind of any kind of things that you want to share with the audience? Um, any last words? Um, oh shit! Just thank you for the opportunity. Um, um, www.heavyweightslightfeels.com uh, we're using powerlifting and philosophy to open the platform to dialogue on modern masculinity. Um, that's all, I guess. Woo! Woo! Heavyweights, light feels. I dig it. Thank you so much, Andrew. It has been awesome. Thank you for listening, friends. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. God, Andrew is a fucking character, man. He's gone through a lot of shit that that I can really relate to, especially with the uh, abandonment issues, having to grow up so young, and dealing with a lot of repression. It's really nice to be able to find people to relate with, especially on like darkness like that, because oftentimes I think we all feel really alone. A lot of the people that I've met goes through. S- have gone through a surprising amount of hell, but they just never bring it up. And I I used to think when you talked about it, it was almost flaunting it, um, pandering, if you will, for pity. And I realized that that was never true. That was something else speaking. And that talking, having open discussions with it, helps us to better understand how how we got there so that in the future we can make different choices and our children don't have to suffer in that way. And it was also it's also interesting too because I, I kind of touched on something with Andrew is that at the same time the suffering is is what inspires people to reach for exceptional things or greatness, if you will. Not that that's necessarily important, but as a culture as a whole, it, it kind of is for the sake of innovation, I think. Um, like, I'm not complacent. For an example, I guess, is that I'm not complacent um, running just because it feels good. I, I like that feeling, but I want to go further, for instance. And that's healthy, but I think it is becomes a form of escapism. Like someone who uh, excels at one discipline exceptionally is usually motivated by a an outlier of a behavior. So, like, the idea that you're not good enough, so you, you lack all uh, self-consciousness and you push forward. And that's what's driving you to 
excel until the the brakes fall off, if you will, to push yourself past uh, anything that you thought was possible. I'm very curious to see if my theory actually holds up that people who are exceptional at a given discipline only do so based on a unhealthy past. God damn, I'm marble mouthed. Anyways, before I take you guys down any more rabbit holes, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd love to show your support, please rate, review, and share the fuck out of it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get this podcast. Uh, some of you may have noticed that I did not release Joe's episode last week. I've just been really struggling with this whole single dad thing because my, my son's been having some... Um, Exceptional behaviors, for lack of a better word. And it's not really an excuse. It kind of is. But I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it. And I'm seeking some early childhood uh, psychologists. Not necessarily, oh, what's wrong with my son or any line of thinking like that. Just to help better understand or give myself more tools, my toolbox, if you will. Um, I'm going to try to bring them on the podcast and see if we can do an interview and go from there. That'll be a lot of fun. It's nothing too crazy with my little man. It's just um, I want to be able to do the best job that I can for him. And if I don't go out and try to research the diverse spectrum of perspectives, then ultimately I'm doing him a disservice, I see it. Just like with this podcast, is I'm, it's kind of self-serving. Is I, I do pursue the things that interest me, hoping to gain a better understanding of the world around me so that I can live my life to the fullest. And I hope all you guys get that same benefit too. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks, guys.